Well, hello there, campers, and welcome to the Animusings Challenge Trail featuring the magic of Brother Bear. I'm gonna be your camp counselor, David King, and we're just gonna go to the story circle and hear a few stories today. Make sure you're careful when you're running around our play area. Make sure you check out our cave where you can put your hand on the wall and see what spirit animal gets assigned to you. Wait, does that was actually a thing? That the... was a thing they had. At, I don't know if they still have it, but it was a thing they had at the Redwood Creek Challenge well, Trail. Because I knew about the whole Brother Bear themed Redwood Creek Challenge thing, but I didn't know there was a, you got assigned a spirit animal. And you could put that. your hand there and it would try and tell you what kind of animal you got. I ended up with like a salmon a lot. <laughs> Again, I feel like my spirit animal is the salmon of doubt. <laughs> Thank you, Douglas Adams. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Animusings podcast. And this was a nice, easy spiel to do here. We are covering, well, for, maybe we should get the introductions out of the way first, because, you know, this is a, this is a camp circle. Mm -hmm. And we need to make sure that everybody feels included before we start singing campfire songs or telling stories about the ghost of Grizzly Peak. So um, I'm camp counselor David King, uh, mm -hmm. joined by fellow uh, camp counselor Kayla King. Hello. And we are joined by our guest camp counselors. Uh, it's Kylie and Eli from Cinema Nippon and Animal Fact Files. Hello. Hello. This just, just, just call me Kylie the Anxious Fox. Uh, this is the court group of people whose brothers are bears, right? <laughs> yes. I am in the correct place, right? You are in the correct location. Okay. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. And we figured we'd bring you all back from the Pride Lands because this is another animal-centric movie with some animal magic in it. And you know, it's not like we typecast you or anything. <laughs> no, I I feel like it's been like nine years since the last time we saw you. <laughs> <laughs> Something like God, that. God, it does feel. No. When did we do the Lion King? That was like early twenty. 20 right i you know what i can't i, I let me look that up I'm pretty I can sure it. I think it was exactly a year ago like 1994 oh, <laughs> oh it is it is that's it's nine years apart that you're banned like... from the podcast <laughs> <laughs> i will be quiet for two minutes you're fine january 20 yeah exactly wow. a year. i thought so because i had it in my calendar and i was like wait a minute we have to remember this on our own show because oftentimes we don't have to say we yeah. need to remember it because we lived it. <laughs> now, with that in mind, uh, as mentioned, we are talking about Brother Bear. This is a film from 2003, and we are sadly at the end, not quite at the end, but we're getting very near the end of the proper traditionally animated 2D animated medium of Walt Disney animated features. Yeah. And, and then we have to wait, like... We have to wait till 2009 nine. until, well, yeah, yeah, after this next one. We have to wait till 2009 for The Princess and the Frog. I don't want to talk about that. But let's not talk about brother. those yet. Let's concentrate on Brother Bear. Uh, shall I provide the history? If you please. Yes. This is the first I story. I want to hear all about it. Get, get your marshmallows and your graham crackers ready. Get some. Mm, I'm going to make me a s'more. Get them yeah. s'mores. Um, so... Here's the funny part about Lion King that we discussed Lion King. So Lion King does well, billion dollars. Um, let us not forget that. A billion dollars. A billion dollars. And Eisner's, Eisner's like, you know what? We need another animal movie. Lion King did so well. We need another animal movie. But I would like one specifically in North America. And you know what? You know how lions are king of the jungle? Yeah, quote unquote jungle. 
You know what are you know what's considered the animal that's king of the forest? Bears. Yes. Bears. Oh, okay. So that's where the whole idea of <laughs> focusing on bears came from. This is not over. Bears. We've got to watch that movie at some point. Um Join us on our spinoff podcast where we talk about all theme park rides that have been adapted into movies, including the country bears. Oh God. <laughs> watch as we Let's do it. Watch as we delve into like madness. <laughs> There's more than you'd think. Anyway, oh, I can't, I, I can't. Yeah. One of these days. So you know how like there's always that one animator where it's like, this is clearly this animator's baby. Mm-hmm. We have that here too. Who do we have? Um, Who is responsible for this bear brother? So Aaron Blaze was an animator. I mean, he wasn't, he, of course he was an animator, but um, he animated Raja for um, Aladdin and then also um, animated Nala for The Lion King. Oh. Um, and he was brought on to research um, different bear myths and legends. And um, one of the things that would keep popping up are these transformation myths that um, from Native American myths. And he liked how they really lent themselves to animation and it, it had that magic that they liked to portray in their Disney films. Uh-huh. And he kept pushing that idea. He's like, guys, we should try to do this and this. And they said, you want to direct this film, Aaron? Like you seem to be really passionate about it. <laughs> so he was brought on as a, a co-director later on. Uh, he brings on Robert Walker to be the other director. Um, now going the whole Lion King route, they were actually considering um basing this movie off of King Lear by having an old blind bear travel the forest with his three daughters. Ah. Oh. Ah. Yeah. Oh. My goodness. <laughs> I would have watched it. I mean, it. honestly, I'd watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Aaron Blaze um, wanted a more naturalistic story, and he was actually the one who came up with the idea that there should be um, an individual who is transformed into a bear and then stays a bear at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he brought on Tab Murphy, who had co-written uh, Hunchback Notre Dame, Tarzan, and uh, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, to um, help write with the script. Uh, now, another interesting thing is um, this was produced by Disney's Florida studio. Let's not forget, this is the same studio that also did Mulan and Lilo and Stitch. But Brother Bear is actually the first project they did to have it be fully formed from the studio. So we're Mulan and um, uh, Lilo and Stitch... Had their start still in the California one. This one was like from from start to finish, Florida. Oh, way. nice. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so the animators, I hate them because I'm so jealous of them. They got to go to Alaska's Valley of Ten Thousand Smokes and Kodiak Island, as well as Yellowstone National Park, as well as the Grand Tentens and California Sequoia National Park to get inspiration. Oh my God, that sounds an amazing trip. I would love to do go on that. They're so lucky. Yeah. yeah I would totally do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as for that, the- they saw some bears. Yeah. <laughs> they had to have seen some bears. It was so a I- cursed road trip. They didn't see a single bear. <laughs> no. That's why they kept going to different places. <laughs> they kept looking for a bear, and every time there was barely any. <laughs> barely. <laughs> No, that's great. <laughs> um, as for the art, they wanted a more artful, uh, rugged feel. Uh, where the other films tend to be like more detailed and rendered, they wanted to step away from that. So they tried to give this more impressionistic, um, tri- the whole idea of seeing every brush stroke. Uh huh. And yeah, they really nailed it. Like I, I remember, uh, all of us were like, "Do you see these backgrounds?" This is a 
feast for the eyes. This is another one where I could frame one of these backgrounds in a thing. Like there's a few Disney movies, I think. Does it top Lady and the Tramp for me though? Well, actually this and the Jungle Book are I think still some of my favorites. Beauty and the Beast is up there. This is a good one though. I hadn't, I'd forgotten how good the backgrounds in this movie were. We'll get, we'll get into that. Yeah. Did you hear that bear just now? We have our own little bear. We have our own little bear with us. Uh, I'm debating, should should I talk about the music now or should I wait until like we get into the film? Let's, well. I mean, it's really pretty basic. Uh, There's actually, I actually do have a couple of um, film tidbits that um, I'll bring up. Should we just mention that Phil Collins is involved in the music again? Yeah. What? (laughs) No way. How would, you wouldn't have, I know you wouldn't have guessed it if you just heard it and didn't know what, you know, cultural osmosis was, but. I I think I can, I think I can discuss it now. So um, the composers actually are Phil Collins and uh, Mark Mancina. Uh, I like Mark Mancino a lot. I do too. Um, but yeah, Phil Collins actually composed some of this as well as wrote all the songs, but he yeah. didn't sing all of them. Um, yeah. So Great Spirits, you know, that entry song where you hear a woman singing, that's Tina Turner. Oh, okay. yeah. She, she actually, she actually came out of retirement to sing this song. Oh, oh wow. that's cool. I think that might be my favorite song in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, and then the transformation scene um, is sung by the Bulgarians Women's Choir. And then uh, for Welcome, of course, Phil Collins singing, but the but they also brought in the Blind Boys of Alabama. Um, Phil Collins actually admitted he said it was a bit of a disappointment because I usually write songs that I sing myself. They tried a couple, and then um, for Great Spirits, because this is referring to Great Spirits. He says they tried a couple of male voices, and that didn't work. Then they said, why not try a, f- a female voice? Tina Turner was the first suggestion, um, and she came out of retirement to do it. I have no problem with any of the songs I'm not singing. I'm proud of myself as a writer on this film, and as much as being the guy that sings them. So, that's, I mean, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, respectable. That is, yeah. Can I, can I pose a difficult question before we get into this, though? This or Tarzan, in terms of Phil Collins soundtracks. I, which one do you like better? Oh, wow. That's really difficult, because I have basically every song from both movies on my iPod. In, so, In terms of the whole soundtrack, or just the songs that he sings? Uh, Let's say whole soundtrack. Just That's kind of what I'm leaning yes. toward. The Brother Bear. Oh, if it's just the songs he really sings, tough. If, if it's just the songs he sings, Tarzan, if it's the entire soundtrack, then Brother Bear. I think I might have to agree. That's actually not a bad way to look at it. Cause I agree. I think his, the songs he sings in Tarzan are much better, but the songs he doesn't sing are actually pretty good. Like uh, I, I think now uh, Tina Turner singing great spirits. It sounds really good. I think um, the transformation song actually sounds really good. Uh, yeah. Uh, but for the most part, like when I think of Phil's songs that Phil Collins did sing, I always think back to Tarzan. So what are, mm-hmm. did you have a different I really like I I legitimately can't pick because like I have this thing where I get Disney songs stuck in my head literally like every week <laughs> like but both Brother Bear and Tarzan are part of that like cycle that happens so I, like I really I really can't pick I That's really fair. really can't and like I could yeah. probably like if I if you give me a list of all the songs I could probably order them but it would be pulled from both. So yeah, I, I can't pick. It's too too difficult. I, You're right. It's, it is a difficult question. I abstain. That's fair. You can abstain. Actually, I just had a thought that kind of might tip Tarzan in 
in this direction. I realize we're, we're waffling on this one a little bit, but Tarzan does have Trash in the Camp. That's such a good song. And I love Trash in the Camp oh, yeah. as a oh. song. So, I, yeah, I like, like the way that one builds up. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Brother Bear. Brother Bear. So it was really, it had a wide release on Saturday, November 1st. The reason why they didn't do it Friday like normal because that would have been Halloween and it, you know. Does it seem like a, I mean, even though it involves um, spirits of the dead, uh, it is not in fact a Halloween movie. That's not the first thing I think when I watch mm-hmm. Brother Bear. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's Halloween, time to pull out Brother Bear. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it had a limited release um, on October 20th. So mm, okay. um, it received mixed reviews. Uh, the main complaint mainly was it was a bit too generic or mild. It didn't wow. That was usually the um, description that came up. But they thought of, uh, most reviews thought of it um, as a sweet, gentle film with a good message. I I think that's a fair, and we'll, we'll get into that when we get, I think that's fair to say. We'll get into that when we get into the film. Now, the thing that shocked me, this shocked me though. So it had a $46 million budget, which that's actually not that big by today's by the time standards in yeah. honesty that's fairly cheap um but what they made back i was my my jaw dropped cuz i'm like what how it made 85 million during its domestic theatrical run and then went on to make 164 million dollars outside the us bringing about a quarter of a million worldwide that's insane I'm yeah I was shocked by that I was like wait how did that happen like and I I did my research so um apparently it did really well in Europe and Latin American countries why I have no idea but it did bears I have a theory though I do have a theory so I try to see what kids films were out during this time because usually it's usually if a film does well or doesn't do well it's usually because there's a competition yeah, mm, the kids' films during this time, yeah, mm, bad. Uh, we have, you had your options of going to see Cat in the Hat. Okay. Oh, yeah. Looney wow. Tunes back in action. Oh, okay. The Haunted Mansion. Right, we will not All right. ill. No, we, no. we are not. <laughs> <laughs> this okay. friendship is going to burn down <laughs> if we continue this conversation. Okay. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, do, we, do we stand, do you stand the Haunted Mansion? Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> My people. <laughs> but, okay, yes! okay. But think of it this way. I, I'm saying like in terms of competition, it oh, didn't. Of course. Uh, yeah. 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 Was, uh, was Finding Nemo out that same year? It, it was that same year. Actually, um, I, I was just going to, I was going to say this, but um, the film was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Anime Feature, but it lost to Finding Nemo. But Finding Nemo came out in May. So there was a good time yeah. so Nemo Finding Nemo was already out of theaters by this point so yeah finding like oh if it came out would, during Finding would, Nemo it would be to be completely fair I would probably still pick Finding Nemo oh, I think it's one of Pixar's better yeah. better films for sure it's up there in maybe my top five but I don't know um another film nostalgia it does a number on me y'all it really does <laughs> same I would I would definitely pick The Haunted Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> Best animated film, The Haunted Mansion. Um, and, exactly. Oh, oh, another option that you could have had was also the live action Peter Pan film. Oh, oh my gosh. No, I, that's where I am. That was my first boy crush, y'all. Mm. Jeremy Sumter, everyone. My first husbando. We will not talk ill of that film. 
Um, mm. The only film that I think by December that it kind of had competition with, and even then the audiences I think were different enough in terms of ages was Elf. Oh yeah. I, oh. I didn't realize that was. Well, you're like really kind of breaking my brain a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. These all things came out at the same exact year. Like yes. what? That doesn't really compute in my head. <laughs> and, and one of the things you'll notice too, this is the only animated film with the exception of Looney Tunes back in action, which was half and half. Mm-hmm. So it had, and basically people would be like, oh, well, let's go see the animated film for your yeah. kids. Right. And I think that's probably what gave it that edge. It was released at a very good time. Um, yeah. And actually funny enough, it was supposed to be released in 2004, but they switched it with um, Home on the Range, uh, which Home on the Range was going to be 2003. But then they switched the film releases because they wanted to promote Brother Bear through um, the Platinum Edition release of Lion King because, you know, those two go hand in hand. <laughs> okay, yeah. That, that makes sense. That does make sense. That tracks. Mm-hmm. They were, well, they were like animal movie, so. Yeah. Weirdly, I mean, Home on the Range is an animal movie. <laughs> Oh, well, we'll get it. No, that's for next month. That's for next. That's month. for next. We'll get into that later. I am not looking forward to seeing that movie, but okay. Is it weird that I am? Sure, David. Okay, but I let's mean, talk- I'll watch it with you all. Yes, I, you are allowed to watch it with. <laughs> so okay, so uh, you want personal histories? <laughs> personal histories with this movie. I'll go first because this movie, like, was my childhood straight up. Like, I loved this movie. Okay, so. I was, what, 11? No, I wasn't. I, it was 10 when it came out. Because it was the end of the year. Because, yeah. So I was 10 when it came out, but my sister was only six. And I think, like, having a younger sibling during the, like, the end of the Disney, like, big era, basically, that's what, like, kept me watching all of these movies far past the time I think a lot of my peers were watching them. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, this movie was a movie that I enjoyed with my younger sibling. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I have that nostalgia. Also, my dad, like, really liked this movie a lot. Really? So, yeah. So this was, like, one of those things where, like, we just, like, we all watched this movie together and we had, like, the DVD and, like, we would watch it, like, once or twice a year or something. You know, like, it was, like, a family event with with this one. So. I think like I have a lot of like positive history with this mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> what about what? you? Uh, I definitely did not see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. I want to say I rented it once, like probably so probably like beginning of 2004 mm-hmm. when the DVD would have come out. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I hadn't seen it again until we watched it like a week ago. That's like tragic to me. Yeah. I know I was deprived. Yeah, I, I will say my 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 parents specifically hated movie theaters, mm-hmm. so I never saw movies like this in theaters. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I didn't have. I I had access starting in like two thousand four because I saw Home on the Range mm-hmm. uh, to getting to see movies for free and very very often because of my brother working at a theater. But you had the opposite thing that I had. You had an older sibling, right? who right. got you access to the movie. Right, right, yeah. right. But I didn't have that at this point, so I only saw this the one time. Mm. I, 
my story is basically Eli's story. Same thing. Didn't see it in theaters. Rented it in right after it came out. Because by that point, I was like after Treasure Planet. That I mean, around Treasure Planet is when I started to like lose interest in going to the theater to see the movies. Treasure Planet was probably the last one I saw in there. Uh, and then I rented Brother Bear, and I remember I remember enjoying it. I only saw it the one time. Big parts of it stuck with me, but I don't think I've seen Brother Bear up until now. But it's funny that I can remember some points of this movie as vividly as I do. And I, I find that's the case with a lot of the movies we've been talking about recently. Mm-hmm. I'll have seen them once, but we'll remember them really, really well. Treasure Planet was the same like, same case, if you recall. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I mean, that's really all I have to say about the Brother Bear. I don't have the same like intrinsic connection. So I'm happy to give the floor to, to, eat, uh, to, to, um, to you two as much more on this one. Yeah, those of you who saw it more, I should say. Yeah, I'm with you. I only saw it once. I didn't see it in theaters. I think I was actually like a teenager or in my 20s when I saw it. In that case, Kylie really is the authority. Oh, this yeah. One. <laughs> I got you all. I will carry this episode. Everybody get on my back. And even, even then, I Kylie s- is a mammoth. We are going to ride this mammoth. <laughs> even, even, even all the way to. Even then, here's the interesting. Anchorage. Here's the interesting part. I saw it on TV. And I missed the first part. So I only saw from the time he transformed into a bear. Oh. So I, this, this, um, this was the first time I've actually seen the movie in its full. Oh, wow. That totally changes the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And yeah, we'll get into that later because I figured, yeah, I think you probably, because um, you said you did some history research too. And I think you and I figured out something that does happen. Mm-hmm. in the film and then i'm like because uh, and david actually pointed it out yeah watching it like hey did you notice this change and there's a reason for that it's actually big but when I, we get around to that part we put a pin in it here's the pin yeah. okay pin. so uh yeah this film it takes place in post ice age alaska and mm-hmm. we follow a group of um uh inuit tribe uh, uh, uh inuit people but uh an inuit tribe i believe i suppose they're kind of like i i want to say like yeah i'd say i say inuit's the closest thing i could i could think of but they're more just like you know just a group of you know hunter gatherer people Mm -hmm. right when i looked when i looked it up like i think the wikipedia page said inuit yeah okay that makes sense now i will say i have a little bit of a problem with this movie being set in alaska and them talking about saber tooth tigers, and we're just going to go off track a lot, a little bit here. That's okay. Hey, hey, have a rant this is why we, animal. this is why we have animal fact files on this show, because especially a movie about animals, because I figured you would provide some good insight. Yeah, this. I have a little. So I, the the thing is, as far as I am aware, the furthest north a saber tooth tiger fossil has been found is in Alberta. Mm-hmm. which is much further south than Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless this is like a heavily migratory group, which I I mean, I don't see that that's impossible, but that's a long way. And I don't know if they traveled that far. I don't, I don't know that much about like the native people um, of that time period. I really don't. Mm-hmm. And like... So, like, because there were mammoths and saber-toothed tigers were mentioned, that has to be at least 10,000 years ago. And, like, I don't know how the history of that, like, group of people, I don't know how far back we have records or anything like that. So, I like, I don't know if it's technically 
like appropriate to say Inuit, but I would assume it is because I think like the Inuit people came from a different group of people, but I, it, yeah, anyway. Well, I mean, I almost wanted to say they were like, they're like proto Inuit, but I don't even think that's even fair to say. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have a good sense of it. Like, so I, though I just look at them and they go, they are, they are, you know, they're indigenous Alaskans, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, they are absolutely. hunter-gatherer people and they just are doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Well, yeah, I because I don't know. I don't know what it's like in Canada or Alaska, but I know like in the continental U.S. and in Japan, that's that that time period is so far back that we have a really bad sense of who the people living there at that time who left artifacts that we found actually were mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how they relate like genetically or just lineage wise mm-hmm. to the people who we have records of from those areas so there's like some debate as far as i understand of like do these like like what you're saying like do the do the labels that we use to describe people who have been there for the past couple of thousand years do those labels apply to the people who were there ten thousand years ago or what so i i don't know the answer to that right no that's what i'm saying yeah. i think i i don't know if anybody does yeah no I, yeah. So yeah i'd imagine it's probably a pretty similar situation well yeah like you're talking about more than ten thousand years ago specifically because you have living mammals in the same time period living mammals and living saber-toothed cats which is I, like they, they went extinct Ten, around 10,000 years ago, except one group of mammals, they were on an island. These people aren't on an island, so they don't count anyway. <laughs> they, I mean, they only mention saber-toothed tigers. They don't, we ever actually see yeah. them. So for all we know, they could be myth at this point that they're just carrying on. They Although, could be. Yeah, they could be. I, I, I could also say that this is a, um, a, a different time, not time period. What's the word? It's um, uh, another time period. Oh God, there's a word for it. Like another universe. Oh, where, because magic is real and yeah, because magic is oh, real and yeah, all that. Yeah, I I'm totally there for that. hundred percent. Wait, are you guys trying to say the magic is not real? <laughs> magic is real in your heart, Eli. You're hurting but, you're hurting my heart right now. <laughs> I don't mean to. Your heart is real, therefore the magic is real. I don't know. You're on the internet, so <laughs> So we follow a group of brothers, or sorry, a trio of brothers. We have Kenai. Denahi? Denahi. Denahi and Sitka. So Sitka's the oldest, Denahi's the middle, and Kenai is the youngest. And Kenai is our main person. And he's voiced by uh, Joaquin Phoenix, which is interesting when you realize that the Joker voiced this character. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Kenai is the rambunctious and uh, completely freewheeling one of the bunch. So who better to play the Joker in a certain interval? It kind of tracks. Yeah. Hmm. He almost gets his brothers killed by some stampeding caribou. So. Yeah. And laughs about it. Yeah. Especially one of them clips. I think Denahi gets his like shoulder clipped by one. He's like, oh. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that would hurt a lot. It would. I mean, like I saw that when we were watching this, I was immediately flashing back to the wildebeest stampede. And being like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's also the same day that um, uh, Kenai is going to receive his totem and discovers it's the bear of love. And he is disappointed by it. Disappointed! Because, <laughs> like, his brothers get, like, cool ones, like Eagle of Guidance. And um, I forget what 
Dinahias. I think it, it Wolf of Wisdom. That's what my notes. Oh, that's oh right. was it? I thought it was it was oh it was wisdom, wasn't it? I thought it was courage for some reason. It could be totally wisdom because they make fun of it because they're like, because you're so dumb. Ha ha ha. Yeah. 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 Not right. I gotta admit, the brother relationship does feel real. Like I oh yeah. Yeah. I I wanna say I like this whole part of the movie quite a lot. Like when they introduce them, we see the life, and then everything that leads up to Kenai becoming a bear, it might actually be my favorite part of the movie. Just me personally. That's fair. Everything else is still good. I still enjoyed the whole thing, but I really liked this whole segment. Same. I'm with you. I was like, I like, because uh, I'm like, I'm following these characters. I actually, I like these three brothers. I, th- their relationship feels realistic. And um, um, I like that we begin by getting to see their connection with one another. And it does actually, um, it does actually hurt when you realize. Uh, so later on, uh, Kenai goes out and then they find a Kodiak bear and he attacks it. And his brothers come in and then um the bear stole their fish. That was one of the that's things it. That yeah, happened. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it broke the basket. He he yeah. he's going to get the basket, I feel like. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. And because Zanahi's like, it took me three weeks to make that basket. Right. Because it had been he folded up the tree so the bears couldn't get it, but then it fell down because something happened. And then and he can't tie a knot. Yeah. Apparently. And and he's just like, uh, I'll get it later. It's fine. Yeah, because he's so fine. excited about getting his totem mm-hmm. that he can't go back and fix the fish for a minute. And then he's so disappointed. He's like, Oh no, not the bear of love. And everyone's making all my brothers are making fun of me because I got the really apparently feminine one. And but that's I'm like. Nah. It's a good one. Come on. Yeah. That's the whole point of the movie. It's the good one. You got the mm-hmm. right one. Mm-hmm. You just got to live up to it. And yeah, this leads eventually for the three brothers to fight against this bear. And Sitka actually sacrifices himself to save his brothers. We are not adding Sitka to the plummet counter he's because a- he's not a villain. Yeah, because what he does is he crashes the ice that they're standing upon. And that leads the bear and the Sitka to fall to their deaths. The, the bear survives the fall, though. Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. And you feel for the brothers because there, it, the, early on, there's actually enough time to establish that their friendship, their relationship, the um, that they bicker at each other. But then you see, like the older brothers, like, "Oh, come on, guys! You, it's not the, like there's a reason for everything." Like being mm-hmm. the older sibling that he is. So this is a re- it does a really good job pacing wise. Like I said, I'm not. There's a few movies where they've had much more time to develop the character relationships, and they don't. This very quickly establishes the character relationships, and it makes them, you know, matter enough that it drives the plot forward. And mm-hmm. I appreciated that. And mm-hmm. then, so it's believable when Kenai's like, "I, I'm going after this bear. It killed our brother, and I want revenge." Totally understandable. Um, yeah. and- <laughs> the bear technically didn't, but Kenai's a hothead. So yeah. Um, yeah right and that's that, that got established earlier like uh kenai is um he's impulsive he's impulsive he's a hothead he um he's impatient exactly so when this happens it's like yeah that's totally believable um so he does try to go after the bear and it leads to him going at the top of like a not a mountain it's like a. He, it, there's a lot of environment changes that are really interesting because he starts in like a berry patch and then or like a patch of wild berries and then he like spooks a chipmunk and then there's the bear and he chases the bear through a gully and then they like he ends up chasing the bear up a mountain and the mountain gets wreathed in like thunderclouds so that Denahi who is following him and somehow got like 
keen eye got way ahead of him as he was following him doesn't see what actually happens up on the mountaintop which is a very important detail because this movie is big 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 based on its main conflict being based on a big misunderstanding yeah yeah definitely but unlike other movies where misunderstanding is the main part of it it's not a dumb misunderstanding it's not a dumb oh he's he said this one i witnessed this one thing in a conversation would have figured it out because they take that agency away from the character so they can't explain what the circumstances are so there's a good tip for movie writer people especially family entertainment things stop making the misunderstanding be a plot point unless it's done well like in this movie i have a big chip on my shoulder about this trope <laughs> so i'm glad you, you got your chance to say that but thank you I, I needed to hear it so i appreciate it and that's all i'll say on the matter i think i've said my piece yeah so Keenai kills the bear <laughs> <laughs> I uh, the end. Lay it on a stick right there. Yep, he ends up killing the bear. It, it, there actually is a very good fight scene and great music pace to it. This movie is animated really well. It is yeah. animated beautifully. I and say, I, I, I wanted to pull back for just a moment and just talk about the funeral scene where they. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Because like, oh my gosh, that scene mm-hmm. and the music during that scene mm-hmm. and just like. The animation like with the fire and then it's just so good i i was gonna say earlier but i didn't because we were talking about specifically the backgrounds mm. i think it's yeah the backgrounds and the animation just all around mm-hmm. it's very fluid mm-hmm. even compared with a lot of this other like late period 2d um traditional animated stuff mm-hmm. from disney from from this period from like 2000 onward mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, rewatching this, I was like, I, I, I did not remember this looking this good. Yeah, same. Ditto. The well, then again, we'll get into it. Um, <laughs> the so the animation part though for the transformation is so good. Oh, yeah. the colors. Uh, like there's an like because what happens is there's an aurora, mm-hmm. and then there's animals like spirit animals coming around, and it's just oh. So and the music is just so like I don't know like for me it like gives me goosebumps mm-hmm. like the way it like gets into you and mm-hmm. like it feels just so like immersive and like it surrounds you and like it feels like the way the colors and the animals surround him it feels like the music is doing the same and mm-hmm. I love that scene it's yeah that's so my awesome. I think this is that's my favorite scene in the whole film like it's so well done it's so gorgeous and it's just happened after a very tense moment and to have that happen is like very, it, it feels powerful. And mm-hmm. uh, and the, that leads him to, this transformation does lead, like the scene leads him to be transformed into a bear. And then, so here's a weird thing. David, you pointed out like, you were like, hey, you know the the frame rate, not frame rate change, the, um, oh, uh, the rate, like the scope changed or like the, how the- The aspect ratio? Yeah, the aspect oh, ratio yeah. changed, it did. So, Brother Bear is part Academy Ratio, which is a 1.8 to 1, and part Scope, which is 2.35 to 1. Um, so, they took this inspiration from a sci-fi film called Brainstorm. And there, when he turns into a bear, it shifts. So, it begins with them, um, with uh, colors getting more muted, like during the um, scene when he's human. Like, it's pretty colorful, but you you do notice, like, as he, as it gets progresses it gets more and more muted which makes sense like something terrible's happened and it's it's going through a difficult time it's sad and then when he transforms it widens into scope 
and the color palette becomes extremely saturated. And this was intended because they said, you're changing from the perspective of a human to a bear. And I hadn't thought about that. That's that's amazing. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I just love that none of us knew about it, but you totally picked up on it. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's, like, it's subtle. Yeah, it's so subtle. But like even thinking about it, like I never like realized it, but I've always thought like when he's a bear, it's so colorful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's so bright. And it's like and once he's a bear, the color is just insane. And like mm-hmm. it's like you said, the saturation is huge. But at the beginning of the movie, it really isn't like mm. like it's like you said, it's colorful, but it's not the same way. And I feel like I had like subconsciously picked up on that, but I never like thought about it. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I was like that. Too. I'm like, wow, it got really colorful all of a sudden. And but yeah, my again, it's a subtle thing. Plus, this is the first animated film to do this technique. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Apparently later they won't do this later on until. Uh, the Simpsons movie does this as well as Enchanted, but that's not till another few years later. Right. Okay. Um, so the transformation happens and we don't actually see the thing. I think the time you really notice it is after Kenai wakes up mm-hmm. on and everything is super golden and green and blue and colorful because it's morning in the forest. Um, Danahi immediately thinks that here's the bear has killed and eaten my brother. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But he falls off the mountain hits his head on a on a log or something in the water and thankfully is able to float on his back while unconscious so he doesn't drown. Uh, Wait, you're talking about Kenai? Kenai. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I should be more specific. Kenai the bear. But here's the interesting thing. The 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 shaman lady shows up mm-hmm. and is knows exactly what's going on. Yeah. But she's not going to explain it to Denahi because she's like, well, you got I guess Sika's doing this to you for a reason. You got to play this out. Even if your brother's trying to kill you. <laughs> Oh well, but she knows it's Kenai. She, she knows, knows it's Kenai. The bear is Kenai. She could at any point been like, "Yo, Denahi, don't kill the bear. It's your brother." But no, but no, she's not going to do that. That's one thing I just I think about sometimes is it could have been that Denahi could have succeeded and killed Kenai and never known. Do you think Tanana would have told him? Like, I feel like, or I feel like Sitka would have stepped in. I was going to say, I feel like there would have been some sort of... Well, let's not forget, there is a point later on where Sika actually guides his brother, like, Danahi, to Kenai, and you're like, dude! He really is just like, he. it's it's the equivalent of your older brother seeing you two fighting and not stepping in until he has an opportunity to, like, go, you knuckleheads, you know? Yes, yes. Which, honestly, he does that at the beginning of the movie. Sika does that with two of them, so it totally tracks. That's true, that's true. Harsh older brother lessons. Really good characters throughout the whole thing. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, So Kenai basically realizes he can't communicate with anybody but other animals. I actually do like when when he's first hearing the animals and you hear the, he has that goose formation going over it, like, don't make me turn this flat around. (laughs) That cracked me up. Yeah, you got Kenai being like, why can't I hear animals? Why are they talking? How is this possible? Uh, he meets, yeah, he meets Coda pretty shortly after this, right? Yeah. First he meets the, the, the Mises. Oh, yeah, that's we, right, the Mises. Okay, I'm going to bring this up. The uh, Moosin. The Mooses, the Mises. So the Mooses are, um, they are uh, performed by Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. Um, and I, kind of wondered about this because 
I was like, why these two these two actors slash me's? I knew about Rick, Rick Moranis because it's Rick Moranis. I didn't know anything about Dave Thomas. So they actually, um, they used to perform together as what was known as the McKenzie Brothers uh, on, a, a, on a sketch uh, where basically the joke is they're Canadians who host a show called Great White North. And this was on SCTV. Oh. So yeah, they, they had already worked together quite a bit as like a comedian duo. And the animators were like, we would love to bring you on because we're thinking it's like, well, this is an, uh, a Latin, North American film, but wouldn't it be cool if we had some Canadians thrown in there? And they would only do it if uh, the Mooses didn't look like them, which they don't. And basically, they didn't want to portray themselves as the McKenzie brothers again. And okay. it, I've never seen them seen the McKenzie brothers. I don't know their sketch. I don't know anything about that. This, I, it was just through this research. It seems pretty sketch. Uh, um, but in all honesty, I find the Mooses so unfunny. Like... <laughs> I'm just like, I hate these guys. They're like stalling the film. There's no reason for them until this one point. And even then I'm just like, did we really have to go through all these bad jokes just to get here? <laughs> I am admittedly indifferent about the mooses. I, they, they ain't no Timon and Pumbaa. No. But there have been way more obnoxious side. Okay, I will give them this. They're not obnoxious. They're pretty low key. Yeah. But they're not funny. And I, they're wasting my time. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> but as a kid, I loved the mooses. <laughs> <laughs> like, not even kidding. Like, we would go on road trips and my sister and I would play that I spy game and be like, I spy something vertically long. <laughs> like, <laughs> we would do that. So we, like... I, the, definitely there's like a nostalgia factor there for me because mm-hmm. as kids we totally thought they were hilarious if you like and honestly if you like the Meeson then more power to you I think we run the gamut in terms of our opinions about the Meeson and no yeah. one is shaming anybody for those feelings which is why this is a good podcast exactly I, I did no. actually like them or you don't or you're somewhere in between but we support you no matter what they're cool I did ask, <laughs> so I did ask um, two Canadians, um, one of them being Beth Morton, uh, who is, uh-huh. who has guest starred on the, sh- or been a guest on the show. Um, I said, were the, the mooses ever offensive to you? And she said, no, they're just annoying. <laughs> they're never offensive. It's just annoying. Because it's like, because for, she's like, yeah, we get it. We talk like this. It, it, ha ha ha. How funny. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. Mm-hmm. That's uh, fair. Yeah. Which it, I still kind of, it, it, it is, um, it is interesting because uh, uh, there's like, I've had conversations with Beth where there's moments like, wow, I can't even tell you're Canadian. And then there's another moment where I'm like, she just said a bunch of Canadianism. So like um, in a, such a general way, I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, that, I think that's how accents work sometimes. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Well, especially for someone like me, who's like moved all around. So like, I have weird situations where sometimes things sound very Northern and sometimes, or like Midwestern and sometimes things sound very Southern and it's just, yeah. So I think that's just how accents work in general. Mm -hmm. But I I can, I can see where with the moose, it is like played up. Yeah. Oh no, no. This is definitely an exaggerated. um, Yeah. uh, And they're both Canadian, like both Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis are Canadian. So they're just, basically making fun of themselves 
Yeah. Or making, yeah. Um, it's kind of like if, uh, it, like David and I as Californians be like, hey, bro, what's up, dude? Like, <laughs> oh, gnarly. Gnarly, bro. Like, <laughs> we can get away with that. <laughs> well, that's fair. Yeah. Well, it's like how I, I can that. say y'all. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was going to say, like, talking, I, I guess maybe not talking trash, but I mean, I, I, <laughs> I do talk trash about the South because I grew up here, but. Also, just being a stereotypical southerner at points, yeah, it's that 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 is that is what it feels like when you when you put it that way. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so some stuff with the Mises happens, but then we get uh, Coda, which is important. But we talk yeah, about Kenai gets stuck in a trap. That's right. That's where because he he did he meet Coda before he got stuck in the trap, and then he was like, I... "Go away," and then he got stuck in the trap. Yeah, I yes. think momentarily, because then Coda's like, I saw it from a mile away. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. And He's then just he, he offers to help get him out of the trap. Uh-huh. And Kenai's like, no, no, put, know. Just put the stick back, which is like totally a brother, like sibling thing. Yeah. Like, uh, he's he's totally xenophobic about bears, even though he is one now. Yeah, yeah. Well, because like that's one of the things that like when he turns into a bear and the moose are like, he, they keep calling him bear and he's like, I'm not a bear. And then they're like, well, you sure are a big beaver. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Coda is actually voiced by Jeremy Suarez, who is only 11 during this. So he did um, a great job. Yeah. Um, he, did, uh, it, it, he definitely has a voice to him. Mm-hmm. And it actually is a very fitting voice. I think as a kid, I thought he was annoying. But then watching this, I'm like, no, he feels like a little brother. He definitely, this yeah. is how a younger brother treats an older brother i would say yeah totally yeah. totally i mean yeah I, yeah I, I, the like all of the brother relationships presented in this movie are very well done mm-hmm. i like i like coda yeah <laughs> he's so uh, cute he, he is, is he is cute uh there's a couple moments where i'm like oh boy but then i'm like well that's a typical the, the but it's it's for the character because mm-hmm. younger brother uh i mean i i will say i i I was annoyed with Coda when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Like w- when I first watched the movie, I was like, and even now, even though I saw the movie once, I did still see like commercials and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I thought he, he sounded annoying to me. So that's fair. I don't, I don't remember how I felt about him when I was a kid, but I, yeah, at, at this point, I definitely don't think that he's annoying i i agree with all of you that he just sounds like a kid brother who the older brother is annoyed by but who's just being like genuine when i he, suppose when he's doing all of his like my moves like yes, <laughs> like yes. that's totally a kid thing yeah totally. oh yeah i think as you get older um and you look back you're like yeah i can see it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely but yeah the um there is a moment where, uh, so Dina, he is basically like, this bear killed both my brothers. I'm going to go kill it and goes on a revenge spree. There's no villains in this, by the way, which is pretty great. Um, it's just a misunderstanding conflict between Dinahi and... Um, if anyone's the closest thing you're going to get to a villain is Sitka because he instigated all this. <laughs> anybody could have died. I, I agree with that. I was gonna say. I mean, you could you could argue with me that Sitka is a villain, and I might believe you. Yeah. Boom. Let's put him on the plumbing. No, counter. we are not putting him on the plumbing <laughs> counter. 
<laughs> the, honorary the, so member. The animators had he's, said, a, he's an honorable mention. <laughs> no, the animators said outright there are no villains in this movie. The Except only, Sekka. <laughs> the closest villain actually in their brain is Kenai. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, 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 damn, the writers got me. Oh, I mean, darn. <laughs> I forgot we're on this podcast. Darn, the writers got me. <laughs> you can say damn. It's okay. It's PG-13. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, then damn, 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 damn. Damn, damn, damn. You right. the damn. Well, I mean, there are, there. I mean, the movie is about a big beaver. They would build a dam. Hey. According to the mooses. PG-13, who gets our one F word? No. <laughs> no. Get, no, we don't all get one. We get one collectively. I we think just, if anybody yeah. should get it, it's Kayla. That's fair. Oh, wait. I just <laughs> what? <laughs> um, oh, bear? Oh, sh- <laughs> So, I wonder, I, I was thinking about that earlier, because I wanted to bring that up, about how there's no... Like the conflict is not easily broken into like heroes slash villain or villains. I I wonder if that's part of why the critical reception was somewhat like bored with this movie. If they're I, like, it's pretty, but it's kind of boring. I think it, the story is a very personal, simple one. Because <laughs> in all honesty, there's no, I don't want to say the stakes aren't high because they're still like, I mean, it's still a troubling thing. Like, I'm a bear. I need to not become a bear anymore. But while this is happening, my brother's trying to kill me. That's still a terrifying thing. But at the same time, that's it is more personal. It's more personal issues than it is. Which reconciling that not all bears. <laughs> hashtag not all bears. Because <laughs> even in the, like, the, the biggest obstacles that do happen are, it, it's not nature, it's Denahi. Like, mm-hmm. Because the reason they do the things they do is because, oh, Danahi's going to catch us. Oh, wait, we ha- we're giving footprints. The- he- he'll follow us. What What's a way to do it? Okay, let's ride on these mammoths. Um, okay, we have to um, uh, we have to get this way. Oh, Danahi's on our trail. We have to run away. Like, mm-hmm. very rarely is it, like, a natural thing that happens. Mm-hmm. It- it's not... It's not, well, not man versus nature. It's not bear versus nature. It's bear versus man. Well, okay. It's character versus character rather than it's character versus the world. Yeah. 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 I mean, in some ways it's man versus man because. Yeah. The only way it would have been uh, Kenai versus the world is if he would have had to fight seven evil exes in order to stop being a bear. But It's also sort of man versus self. Because it's him grappling with realizing that he has the opportunity of a lifetime that so many furries would kill for. <laughs> and then he decides, I guess I should just like live my best bear life. <laughs> I mean, he, he goes with it. He's still. That's what I'm saying. Does. That's what I'm saying. He He's like, so, oh, so wait I'm a minute. Lo- I'm lucky to get it, to be uh, a, a, an, an anthro. Well, Sort of anthropomorphic. Bears are kind of the most anthro animal. I am not going to have that discussion. (laughs) I can argue that. They sit on their butts. They stand up on two legs. They go, no, no. (laughs) No. Kylie is just closing her mouth, throwing away the key. Okay. No, anyway. Basically, what what I'm hearing is Kenai is furry confirmed. Kind of. A little bit. I mean, he decides to do it. He decides to go back. He's like, I want to be the bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, spoilers, back, I, I want to be bear. 
he, he returns to bear. He, yeah, he doesn't return to monk. He returns to bear. <laughs> and if, if you if you're human, you return to monk. If you're yeah. bear, you just stay bear. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, anyway, so, I feel like I feel like with once we get to a certain beat in this movie, which is this beat. The main conflict kind of makes itself apparent. I actually want to ask this of of those of us who didn't like grow up with the movie. Like when you were first watching it, did it hit you the moment Coda said, I'm trying to find my mom. So I'm going to the salmon run. That's like, that's the bear that got killed. Yep. Yeah, I I caught that. Like I knew and I didn't bother me because I'm like when that, because the the movie puts itself in that position where like there, this is where the hard lowest point is going to come in because Either it's going to come out. It's handled so poorly. But okay. Or Kenai is going to confess it. And it ends up being the latter, but we'll get to that. I don't right. want to like talk about every single beat of this movie necessarily. Because mm-hmm. I think we could, we, we could talk in pretty broad swaths about some of it. Because um, The main issue I have with it is some of the montages. Um, there's a lot of montages. Well, in this. like there's, mo- I, I think future David should probably just insert a montage right here that like <laughs> expresses how we feel about the middle part of the movie. Yeah, and then we'll just jump to uh, uh, audio montage. Yeah, yeah. don't get the idea. It's fine. We don't <laughs> need to like deliberately explain the whole. We don't thing. need to show like because um, no. the, the problem is the montage between Coda and Kenai happens on too early and they make i'm like no i want to see them interact i want to see them actually talk to each other and he they help each other out i want to see that before we get into a montage although the song is really good the song is really good like a tell uh i'm uh, on my way way. Mm -hmm. it it is actually a good song i just don't think it's that's i don't think that's the right moment to do a montage i think we need to get more of a connection and then him kind of be like you know i kind of like this kid and then get into a, then I can allow a montage, but I don't think we were not provided enough. This and uh, Great Spirits, though, are like my favorite songs oh, in the movie. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. good. Um, but I, I mean, by the end of the montage, a couple things happen. A, um, well, we know the, the reason Kenai needs to go with Coda to the salmon run is because that's where the mountain where the lights touch the earth is. And mm-hmm. according to, uh, the, I, I forget her name, the shaman. Uh, uh, Tanana. Tanana she he needs to get there to become a a, a, a not a bear again talk to the spirits be like yo make me not a bear although we as as has been spoiled he is he is bear forever after this yeah um, sorry that's sorry, no, okay that's no, okay but then the only other thing that it gets established during this montage is they ride mammoths to go there mm-hmm. so mammoths yeah. are confirmed um and then some they 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 get off the mammoth and we have that little bit with the two the the two brothers uh mm-hmm. it's it's rook and took rook, rook and rook and took rook and took that's the two right. mooses they have that bit with the tree yes which is spy, high spy that part that part is is pretty funny i, 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 I hated it. that so i don't, I, uh, I don't uh, like it i thought that was more i'm like why are we doing this i was like end, gotta chuck, i gotta chuckle out of me and now this is not funny to me you know what what, oh go ahead no 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 it's fine go ahead i think i think of all of their uh non-dramatic like of all their comic relief moments that's probably the one that stands or not stands lands uh the the best or like lands the most easily i disagree Mm. but okay (laughs) that one feels that one feels the least contrived i guess because it's literally just the two of them interacting and it's not them just repeatedly being like, ha you are a bear. Is this not funny? <laughs> yeah. 
I'm with you. I'm just being idiots together, and I I appreciate that. I'm with I'm with you on that. It's like a it's a very almost kind of like like for lack of a better word, it's like a Beavis and Butthead moment. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I can see that. The problem is it doesn't fit the if it were Beavis and Butthead movie. If this were a different movie, that would be more fun, be funnier. But I don't feel like it fits the movie tone. Um, that's hmm. That's a good point. Is this okay? Is this the bit where they do they meet the Rams here, or do they? No, that's do later they, on. That's later. So that's after they go through the crazy giant sulfur field. Oh no, because they get off the mammoth. They have a little fight about because uh, where Coda and him split off, but then. Kenai comes back to find Coda, and that's when they see the the cave painting or the the paintings the on the yeah. the rock rock yeah. over the animals, and they see the one about the bear. And of course, Coda does the whole thing that we all saw coming. Like, yeah, those monsters with the pointy sticks sure are scary. And mm-hmm. and that's when Kenai's like, Ooh. I will. The Ooh. the one thing that does kind Ooh. of mm, it, that- it gets really hit overhead. Man is evil. Man, man is can be seen as bad as well. See, unlike the Lion King, there are human beings in this movie, and once human beings get involved, it's got to remind you that humans suck. Anyway, yeah, I mean, like coming from an animal perspective, like I kind of get it because a lot of the great mammalian uh, extinctions are attributed to man. So, yeah, I mean, if we're gonna talk about how they're are mammals or are mammoths in this movie who were shortly to go extinct afterwards you know i, I get it a little bit like yeah yeah I, I, it, again it's a good message it, it makes it, it makes sense i think it um and it is a kids movie so i can forgive it but it is something that keeps getting repeated over and over i'm like yes mm-hmm. i know i understand um yeah, but i think i'm the worst i get it thank i think every day <laughs> friendly reminder that humans are terrible i i think but i i know that and are destroying everything <laughs> i think also the main idea too is again it's the whole perspective thing he saw the bear as a monster for killing his brother but then bear see <sighs> yes gracie uh bears are animals in general see animals as frightening creatures because they they do kill them for whatever purpose, maybe food or, um, um, or for their, uh, hide or. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Which then. Which, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh. Do, do Rams happen then? Or was that after sulfur zone? I, I don't remember when don't the Rams remember. happened, but I will say the Rams, even as a kid, I did not like that. Part. See, we're going to be opposite again. Cause I caught, I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's, I, but like, I'm like, we're in, in the way that Kayla's like, you Mises, I'm like, you Rams. <laughs> I'm whatever about them. They're fine. I, know, yeah. I just like the gag that they're like butting heads and trying to impress the, the, like the, the female Ram nearby. And it's like, <laughs> she's cute. Know. <laughs> it's a cute we Ram. Stand um, <laughs> we stand Ram. <laughs> I really like that. Uh, when it shows when it when it shows flashbacks to things earlier in the movie like uh mama bear getting attacked and all that uh i like that it shows the difference in perspective oh that's right yeah her like when when it's from the human perspective uh she has like beady eyes like she looks like a she 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 looks like a bear Uh uh-huh and then when you see the flashback when he is re- when when he has returned to bear and <laughs> little, little baby bear 
is like, hey, let me tell you a story about my mom, then she's she's drawn like uh like like a like a Disney character. She doesn't have the beady eyes anymore, but it's the exact same scene. Yeah. Yeah. It is, but I'm just saying, like, in terms of having the different perspective, I mm-hmm. feel like it's, that, you know. That's what yeah, yeah, yeah. with the monster thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect, because yeah. we, we know it's coming at this point. Yeah, that's when they get to the salmon run, and they meet all these bears. And, the, again, one thing that I dislike during the, the thing is, like, oh, yeah, Kenai is a weird person. He does this and this, and I'm like, but why weren't we shown that? Why can't we see how he was an awkward person that wasn't a bear? But that's comedy. That that would have been fun comedy. Why wasn't that show? But anyway, that's a little bit. Uh, but the salmon run. Um, uh, I I there, I think a lot of the funnier parts and a lot of the more endearing parts are during this salmon run. Um, because this is when we meet all the bears. And actually, before we get into that, um, the main bear in this is voiced by Michael Clark Duncan, which I'm like, you got Michael Clark Duncan to do a bit role, like. The Green Mile, Michael Clark Duncan, uh, it actually turned out. So um, originally, it wasn't going to be younger Coda. It was actually going to be an older male grizzly voiced by Michael Clark Duncan named Grizz. Oh, okay. And Kenai was going to rec- uh, befriend him, and uh, uh, Grizz was going to serve as a mentor to- toward him. But then that changed because... Uh, the animators realized they built the movie around the wrong character. The focus started becoming more on Grizz because Michael Clark Duncan is a warm, amazing actor who has a very incredible voice. Mm-hmm. And they said, when you got right down to it, Brother Bear was about Kenai's transformation, both inside and out, how he grows up and learns to be a better person by becoming a bear. And with Grizz in the picture, that took away from it. A bearson. Yeah. A bearson person. So instead, Grizz got replaced with Coda. Um, so that way, instead of now Grizz being a mentor, they have Coda with Kenai learning to be more of a uh, older brother figure to him. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It's a very boys and girls club kind of message. Wait, what? I don't forget it. Um <laughs> However, the um, animators loved working with Duncan and they loved his performance. And they said, we still want you in the film. So they created, they created Tug, who is the uh, leader of the bears at the salmon run for him. I like him. Mm -hmm. I've always really liked that character too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another funny part. So one of the things that happens is they pass the salmon around to say like, oh, what is the, uh, what is the biggest thing that's happened to you this year? I think the one that gave me the biggest chuckle out of the whole movie, this is probably the one scene that gave me the biggest laugh, is this woman who says, <laughs> it's been so long since I, if my husband left me and I became a widow, and you hear her voice, I'm still here. <laughs> I can sometimes hear his voice. <laughs> yes. That is such an amazing line. I'm like, right? oh, that's great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the voice on the wind just... I I'm still here. We're telling everyone I'm dead. I think the the one part I'm disappointed in is uh, we didn't get to see any bear courtship, and as we know, traditional bear courtship is a big slap. Uh, we're refer- we're referencing um uh an early film in um 
Oh my gosh. It was the, the story of Bongo from yeah, uh, Fun they, and Francie Free. They slap each other, right? Yeah. yeah. It would have been amazing if there would have been at least one bear slapping. And so, and that could have been a nice little nod. I would have thought that would have been cute for continuity's sake. Not that it needs to be continuity, but we had another very bear centric story. And mm-hmm. it would have know, been just, perfect. I would have loved that as a little, a little cameo. I been like, ha, I get it. Um, this is also where the song uh, features Welcome to Our Family. Would you say this is the marquee song of this movie? Because I'd say it is. I think it's tell, uh, it is on the... my way. I think it's on my way. Okay, no, when I say marquee, I, I feel like this is the song that a lot of people say is like the central brother bear. It's the song that they tout, I feel like, is the marketing song of this movie, mm. you know? I heard it in all the promotional material, I swear. I I guess I don't remember. I remember when they had a brother bear parade at, or something along those lines at Disneyland. And uh, that was the song they chose to have a video yeah. about it. So they had I, changed some of the lyrics. Yeah, they did for the, um, the parade. They changed some of the lyrics. Yeah, they would have had to. Um, do you think that the, um, well, was it Welcome to the Family? That's by just, Avenged Sevenfold. I was going to say, that's just an Avenged Sevenfold song, isn't it? Yeah, that's my favorite part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Avenged Sevenfold I, song. I like, wow. the, I, like part, I like the part where they play all 18 minutes of <laughs> Welcome to the Family by Avenged Sevenfold. It's honestly, it's great. Uh, oh my God. No, the the when, family song. When is, they get to the Bear Hot yeah. Spring and... Yeah, the bear hot spring. I mean, come on. <laughs> and it's basically a bear hot spring. When they get to Grizzly Peak and they ride the rapids around. <laughs> yeah, and they, they ride Splash Mountain. Yeah, that's, that's great. I remember that part. The animatronic Br'er Fox says it's, it's going to marry their dad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that song is the, like, the song of the movie? Maybe. It's hard to say. Having only watched it the one time and not having grown up with it, I don't remember the songs super duper well. I'm going to be honest. None of them off of the one time watching it as an adult, none of them stuck with me mm-hmm. hard enough that I'm like, that's the one. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I'm kind of with Kayla. I kind of feel like um, On My Way is the one that like, when I think of Brother Bear, I think of that one. Yeah, yeah. By the uh, the Proclaimers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Later used in Shrek. No, earlier used in Shrek. Yeah, no. I definitely think a brother. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop now. I'm becoming the moose. I'm embodying the moose of taking it too far. See, when I. When, okay. Jeez. <laughs> See, the funny part is I remember the trailers. And the song that always popped up was On My Way because there would be this part where he's like, my name is Coda, say it with me, Coda. And then it would cut to that song. And I would always remember that as the trailer for it. So that was always the song that stuck in my head and I would remember. Uh, yeah. Welcome to Our Family was just kind of like, oh yeah, I, I forgot that song exists, but. Yeah, in my brain, I, I, I like, I, again, I like I'm On My Way more, but Welcome to Our Family Time has been forever in my brain implanted as the Brother Bear song for some reason. Okay. And that makes sense. Which, I mean, honestly, like, it kind of, like, I'm on my way. Like, you could apply that to, like, Hercules, you know. That's true. But, but, like, I'm the on family. my way. I can go the distance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Home on the range. Yeah, let's not get into that yet. Um, no, stop. No, just... <laughs> So uh, this is, 
this is actually the part where we um coda reveals the whole as as eli mentioned uh mm -hmm. the whole part where um oh my goodness where how his mother uh uh escaped and then that's when Kenai learns that he killed coda's mother and heartbreaking that part is heartbreaking but though I'm, it leads into the worst part of this whole movie. I hate this part. I absolutely hate this part. Why do you hate this part? Because Kayla? he tells him, but we don't see him tell him. We just cut to like a kind of montage with a Phil Collins song playing as he's telling him. And you're just seeing their faces. I'm like, I hate this. Why don't we, what, like, why can't we just show the reactions and all that? Like hear him say like, no, I don't believe you. And have like a more... Why do we have to have we don't, we don't Phil know. Collins tell us how to feel? I don't like well, this. That was the big complaint we had about Tarzan. Yeah, and this is- Phil this is, Collins here telling you how to feel. <laughs> it's not like you can infer it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is probably the worst offender of it. The rest of the songs actually just aren't like telling you how to feel. This is just, they're just songs that work in the background or uh, for fun stuff. This is the one song, the Phil, and, Phil Collins song that tells you how to feel and it's probably the worst offender of it, worse than Tarzan. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it. This could have been portrayed so like, so like in a beautiful way, in a tragic way, but no, it gets ruined. Like, no, we don't want you to make you feel bad. We'll just tell you how to feel. I, uh, oh, I hate this scene so much. Is I think it, my, my, did I swear during that? No, I don't know. If oh, I, don't think so. I don't think you did. You didn't even use our one F word. I know, I'm shocked. No, because Eli already said it was fair. Oh, dang it. Oh, no. no. We're going to get an R rating. <laughs> I think my big problem with this, I maybe this is just me not grasping this part, but how much, we don't know how much of the story he tells Coda. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. does he say, I was a human, and then I killed the bit your mom, and then I became a bear because I killed your mom? And like, then I, I married your dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you had to sit in the church or outside the church with your hand in a bowl of warm water. Um, I'm so I, sorry to anybody who doesn't listen to some of our other podcasts. Um, <laughs> no, that, that's, the that's the problem when you bring me on because I just make references to other things and it's bad. No, it's great because I, I brought I, I I brought up the whole animatronic fox thing earlier. But that's anyway. Fair. That's fair. Um, but I mean, okay. I do have to agree with David on in, and I, I had never thought of this until you said that, mm -hmm. that you do not know what Coda knows by the end of that conversation. Mm -hmm. We just know um, he, we just know he thinks, I guess we think he thinks Kenai or he just, or at least he's telling him Kenai knows. We only know is that Coda knows that his mom is dead and Kenai is either responsible or knows how it happened. And that mm -hmm. hurts him. Mm -hmm. If it's straight, you'd think he'd be a lot more angrier and scared and wouldn't even try to go back to him if he knew that he his mom had been killed by Kenai. Oh, that's such a kid thing, though. Mm -hmm. that's, that's such a kid thing to just be like, <laughs> you're sorry, so it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know. I have to say, and I'm sorry, Kayla, but this has always been like one of those moments for me where... Like, as a kid, I was like, I want to be able to write a scene that impacts me this much. Oh, really? Oh. Yes. I have always, like, it hit me right in the pathos. It worked perfectly for me. But, like, like the combination of music and, like, 
like I almost feel like because Kenai doesn't say it, mm-hmm. that makes it worse. I can, because I can Kenai see that. says I did something really terrible. And like he like we don't hear him say it. Like, I don't know, like that makes it hurt worse for me mm-hmm. in a way. So yeah, when I was a kid, I was always like, this is the pinnacle of making people cry. Like <laughs> Aww. in a scene it's heavy all things considered it's heavy it's super it, heavy it, it, for... very heavy for what is otherwise a quite light-hearted children's movie yeah um, okay it, it's a, it's um now i can and i can see that from your point from that point of view too i i think i disagree but like i can oh, see yeah. it from there and I, I think that's the great part about this movie too it's uh it's not a bad movie um it's not a like great one but when you watch it, people are going to take things they're going to like from it versus dislike. And it does, um, we'll have like contrasting feelings on certain things. I think mm-hmm. like with Lion King, we we're all on the same page. And then with this one, it's like, we were like, okay, we saw this movie. I like this. I just like this. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Like with you, like, oh, I hated the Rams. And David's like, oh, I like this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I hated this movie scene. You're like, no, I thought those were so great. Yeah. It's, it is kind of fascinating. The reactions this movie gets i think this is probably one of like i thought tarzan was kind of polarizing it wasn't as much as i thought it would be this is probably the most polarizing movie we have watched for uh the uh animusings i think yeah. in terms of and it's not even like um i don't I, it's not even like i think altogether we're like oh we genuinely for the most part we're like this is a pretty good movie mm-hmm. um but i but i think in terms of what constitutes the parts that were good versus what wasn't good is the polarizing part. So yeah, yeah I would agree yeah. with that. Like we each take something different, mm-hmm. but I mean, that, that, that makes sense. Like we mm-hmm. all, we, we are all different people and we exactly. all have different experiences with this movie as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like I said, I watched this multiple times as a kid. We had the DVD, like mm-hmm. I, I have nostalgia. I watched it with my family like that. Mm-hmm. None of you had that ex- same experience. That is so, true. Mm-hmm. It's very different for me. Yeah. What were you gonna say? I was actually gonna say I I, I disagree slightly with all of you. Of course. <laughs> about tell me more. So uh this might sound like the strangest comparison, but just, just guys, just listen guys. I'll guys. roll with it. I'll roll with what it. What if guys guys? <laughs> what so probably just because it's about the same time. Um in terms of like release and my childhood, I grew up playing a fair number because of my older brother of uh jrpgs uh, on the playstation and that was like this this technique i guess was sort of carried over into the future but at that point you know there wasn't any voice acting it was all written out um and so you'd reach points in these games that i grew up with where you'd meet somebody new or you'd reconnect with somebody and you had to explain everything that had happened um your characters would be like let's go to the inn and tell the story about the the, what just happened for the last day that we didn't see this person and it would just it was just skip it and so i think i was kind of conditioned as a kid to be like uh sort of um what you're saying kylie about like it's more impactful because you don't know how they said it and like there's a certain level of being able to project onto it mm-hmm. based off of the other people's reactions. Mm-hmm. But I also disagree with you and David uh, that about not 
like a, not knowing what his reaction is. I don't know. I not knowing it, what he said. Like we literally do not know what he said. Yeah, exactly. I think that, exactly. that's my, I get with the the impression, but I just I want to know how earth shattering this is to Coda. Mm-hmm. How much does Coda know? And we yeah. don't know how much Coda knows. We never do. Yeah. But I I I still do not know and I still cannot answer the question if Coda knows that Kenai killed his mom. And we I, know, I like we know he knows his mom's dead. I feel like that's know, the big takeaway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know that he knows his mom is dead. We do not know that if Coda knows that Kenai murdered her. Right. And I like <laughs> that. I I personally like that ambiguity because it's one of those things that it's I guess everybody will have a different like opinion about a somewhat pivotal part of a story mm-hmm. I, you know I what think, i mean yeah i mean i like that we can like you can interpret this in different ways like you exactly. can you can be like oh no kenai like in my version kenai definitely told coda and, exactly. and coda was able to find the forgiveness in his heart and 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 like that's why they're able to be brothers at the end but i could also see it being like kenai didn't tell coda mm-hmm. that he killed his mom mm-hmm. and so like now kenai has this guilt like, yeah, and like you know, he was trying to explain it like in abstract terms to a kid, like, oh, I did a really bad thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, if somebody found out about it, they'd be really mad at me and they'd probably not trust me anymore. Yeah. I don't like this story. Mm-hmm. I remember that part. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> no. oh gosh, I know. I, I think it's, a, it's an intense scene. I think the way it could be done, though, I don't think a Phil Collins song telling you how to feel. <laughs> I th- if, it, if it had a different song, I'd, I'd be forgiven a bit more, but I think the song mm-hmm. choice is not good. If, if it had Welcome to the Family by... <laughs> it would have been uh, far superior. <laughs> should have started playing Dive into the Heart from Kingdom Hearts. There I mean, you go. it, it, it might have been nice with like maybe music that doesn't have any dialogue kind of. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That or, or lyrics. I think that probably could have made it more powerful. Yeah. But I, I think it would be oh, it would be really interesting to see that scene edited without that music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, that would be really interesting to see. Because mm-hmm. I think what the most egregious offense to me is the Phil Collins song mm-hmm. telling you how to feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know what the song is called. I don't even remember the lyrics. I just remember um, listening like I hate this so much. But um, I know I can tell you them. <laughs> nah, I'm okay. <laughs> um, but. I, I do wonder, like, if you use a different song, how mm-hmm. much more, maybe it would be a much more powerful scene as a result. Because, yeah, there are scenes that, like, I've seen scenes from movies that would use music to tell a story or um, show a very difficult emotion. I mean, Up does an amazing job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm um, I'm curious to see what would, what if there is a song that could work or a piece of music that could work for that scene. I think, yeah, that would be interesting to see. I think with that said, though, I mean, like, um, I mean, the end result is just that um, they go their separate ways and Kenai still in guilt mode gets encountered by uh, Dinahi for the the final arc. Mm -hmm. After Sitka, Eagle Sitka leaves Dinahi there while Dinahi's having like second thoughts, like, what am I even doing out here? And Sitka's like, Hey, scrub, <laughs> don't forget you have to kill your younger brother, but you don't know his younger brother. Ha ha, you've been eagle pranked, bro. <laughs> what is this a prank, bro? Well, the thing the thing in that part is like, Kina is almost kind of like, yeah, all right, like I deserve this. 
Yeah. But then once Coda shows up, mm-hmm. that's when he gets his agency. That's right. Mm-hmm. This is where the bear of love totem kicks in. He's gonna. Mm-hmm. He's prepared to sacrifice himself to keep Coda safe. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he almost does. And then the northern and then the aurora borealis kicks in. It's like magic happens. And then like Sika goes, "You learned the lesson you were supposed to learn. Now you can be naked." <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I, I like that he takes. Was it he takes part of uh, Danahi's like cape? His, yeah, like, and then to cover his younger brother because he's naked. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to see that. Yeah. No. No, bro. I, I, we don't need to see you with that. Well, uh, I think it's interesting too because what ultimately le- leads uh, uh, Kenai to decide to want he needs to stay a bear, and and I like how Danahi's very much like, oh no, I almost killed my. That was my brother. You think he turned around and be like. Sika, you jerk. <laughs> Come on. You're oh. always doing this to us. Actually, and also there's a point you brought Never up. Never trust Go Sika. <laughs> Kylie, there's a point you brought up um, where you're like, wait, what is the magical rules here? Because um mm-hmm. Kenai does understand human or can and but right. And he he can understand the animals, but you're like, can the animal but but the animals don't seem to understand humans. Mm-hmm. Why is that? And I'm like, well, maybe it's because Kenai is human mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now he's not. But then you're like, well, let's see what happens. Like, does Coda eventually understand him or not? And it, in this scene, it shows Coda does not seem, understand him at all. And it I'm doesn't like, seem that way. No. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think the rules of magic is he understands human because he was a human and mm-hmm. he understands animals because he's now a bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but animals don't understand humans and humans don't understand animals yeah which just like further exemplifies that point that we were talking about earlier about like oh humans are monsters and all this stuff because like i i am not a fan of like anything that like differentiates humans from animals i'm with you are animals Mm -hmm. so yeah why like what 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 is making that barrier the, the the so having this language barrier actually works uh for this movie what language barrier? Oh my no. god. No. Is that a, not me. You said it with the intonation. Okay, look. The thing I got out of them not being able to communicate because of this language barrier is that what truly unifies man and humans and animals is Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Collins is what truly helps. You could play you could play the drum, the drum bit from In the Air Tonight to yes. a bunch of animals, and they'd all perk up and look and go, oh. Exactly. <laughs> they will understand. The bears specifically will go, oh. But then Kenai actually decides to return to being a bear. He needs me. I, he decides to do it because Co- he wants to continue to, to pal around with Coda. Mm-hmm. Which is sweet. Yeah. It is. Sweet. I mean, he's kind of like... Oh, I, I almost said our only F word. He's kind of like F you, Danahi, my actual brother, but I'm going with this one. <laughs> Danahi, you just spent the last three days trying to kill me. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little PO'd right now. Like, yeah. I'm mildly peeved by this. I'd rather hang out with my fast talking, uh, quirky, younger bear, adopted bear brother now. <laughs> and my bear family, which includes um, the Greg Proops bear. Oh yeah, you know, I forgot to mention that one of the. Oh yeah, Kayla pointed out to me after the recording that the bear, one of the bears in the bear couple, is Greg Proops. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was a weird thing. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, Danaki takes all of this in strides. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like especially when there's a point where they're all hugging and it's like, 
it's like, isn't it weird that he's like hugging his brother who's like a great spirit and then his other bear, brother is a bear and he's just like, He's just like, yeah, I am definitely not on drugs right now. No, this 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 is totally fine. This I guess. is a vision quest extraordinaire. Um, honestly, that's really a lot of it is just like helping him understand himself. This is all for to help Kenai yeah. grow, mm-hmm. and it works in that he grew to the point where, and actually, it helps Denahi grow too because not now Denahi's also accepting that his brother is now a bear mm-hmm. and wants to stay a bear. There's probably something, some other various interpretations you could roll into that if you felt so inclined about knowing who you really are um but um what i but you know the other nice thing the way the movie ends is that the entire tribe the entire group uh accepts bear kenai into their sort of collective and he gets to put his paw on the wall uh with all the other handprints this is what he was really excited to do from the beginning of the movie he yeah. is literally living as his totem, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> it is really cool. That's true. And it is cool that it, that it comes to the point that the the tribe is accepting of both him and Coda, because Coda's with all the other kids. Yeah. And, and like that was kind of you know it comes full circle in the sense that like oh the monsters oh the monsters and now neither one of them thinks the other one is a monster. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a very good message. Mm-hmm. And like this is this is a, this is um. Honestly, yeah, c- considering where I am with Brother Bear, I think I liked I liked it um, a little more this time than I did the first time. Same. Even yeah. looking at it critically, like I I think it I think it's a pretty enjoyable film. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really wholesome movie. Yeah. yeah. There's some issues, I think, but like for the most part, it's still a, like you said, it's a wholesome film. Mm-hmm. Um, can't say the same once we get to the next film. Okay. Um, <laughs> Now hold your horses, or your cattle, I should say. Uh, we're going to be talking about, and I guess we, we've already spelled it, we're talking about Home on the Range next month. Before we do that, I would very much like to thank our guests, Eli and Kylie, for being with here, being in the air tonight with us. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, oh, don't, don't you worry, we're on our way. Hey. <laughs> we welcome them to our family time, because, you know... <laughs> we like them. Uh, great spirit guided us here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where can we find, where can people find you? Where can listeners find you? <laughs> um, well, we have two YouTube channels. One is called Animal Fact Files, which is why we talked about animals during this. Um, we- and the other one is it's called Cinema and Poem. It's where we talk about Japanese movies, and unfortunately, we have not talked about any bear movies yet. We're talking about a bunch of cat movies, but no, no bears yet. There are Japanese bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So we should get on that. We should. Mm-hmm. We did kind of talk about JRPGs, so I guess that's kind of a. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And I'm sure Phil Collins has appeared on at least a few Japanese. Movies. <laughs> to find out now. <laughs> I mean, yes. Next time you watch a movie and you hear something, hear the drums from In the Air tonight, you're gonna be like, whoa! <laughs> I'm gonna look this up. Um, but thank you, our, our camp, what do you call these? Uh, We're Warhol Camp Counselors, and we actually made it through this entire sit-out without being attacked by any wild animals, nor any masked killers. It's pre- honestly perfectly safe here at the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. Mm-hmm. So he wants to go on uh, Grizzly River Rapids. Let's do it. Yeah. Truly brothers of the same.
To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. Nothing new is something new. That great poets imitate and improve. Where our small ones steal and spoil. Hi, I'm Andrew. And I'm Justin. And if it wasn't readily apparent at that, we're huge nerds about remakes. That's why we're doing the Nothing New Podcast. Once a month, we'll sit down and talk about a remake in detail and its original, covering them in whatever order they come out, from Wizard of Oz to It and beyond. They're remaking Stuart Gordon's 1986 sci-fi horror classic From Beyond? Oh, no. Not yet. Oh, that's going to be a long time coming. Anyway, if that sounds up your alley, come join Justin and I, and maybe a guest or two, to explore the wonderful world of remakes, film by film. Remakes have been done forever. People talk, but Scarface don't even know that was a remake. Oh, nicely said. Don't thank me. Thank Antoine Fuqua. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.